Welcome to the 88th episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Brennan Decker. Brennan Decker got his start in retail before he graduated high school. He worked at Finish Line. After graduation, he went the expected route. He went to college. He quickly realized that college wasn't his thing and he dropped out. He didn't want to spend the rest of his life in retail, so he eventually became a barber. But that was a short-lived career. Find out why he didn't continue to work as a barber and why he went back to working in a retail setting. Learn how he leveraged his skill as a store manager to transition into the tech industry and become a product manager. Listen to follow Brennan's story. Visit nodegree.com to start your story. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every sub is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today, I have Brennan Decker. Do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself and what you do today? Man, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me on the show today. Um, I am a product manager at JD Sports Finish Line. So it's a global uh, athletic retailer. I worked my way up from uh, just being a sales associate. You know, I've been doing this for 18 years. So I started as a sales associate at 17 uh, on the sales floor, grabbing Jordans out the back, helping customers, getting them on their feet, selling laces and add-ons, and just fell in love with the space, man. Fell in love with the space, fell in love with the people. And then somewhere along the way, you know, uh, I realized, wow, there's this whole career path called product management or this role called product management with these really cool people who build like the tech that we use. Like, how do I become one of those people, right? And so I'll, I'll tell you more about my story, but yeah. In short, man, I'm a I'm a I'm a old sneakerhead man that's been in the game for about 18 years. Wow, I mean, sneaker game has changed, man. I was talking, to, I actually went to a wedding the other day. I was talking to someone who was talking to someone else, and they they have like bots that are like 20k, and they cop like 40 pairs. I was like, man, the sneaker game has truly evolved. I remember I used to like camp out and get like one pair, and I used to be happy. So good old days. Now it's it's a whole game. People reselling these bots and it's just crazy how it has evolved and it's crazy. Like I actually, I know someone, he's like a 56 year old white guy who like he flips sneakers and it's like totally you would not expect. He worked for like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, financial advisor but he's like researching sneakers you know all day. So it's 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 cool to see the culture grow. So I want to ask you, what is a product manager? Man, so a product manager is really, I mean, I just got to go with that traditional Venn diagram uh, answer. You know, he's at the center of, of the business, uh, the business, the tech, and the, and the customers. So, um, you know, I really, that's really where I live. And, you know, just as identifying customer problems and, and building solutions for them. So um, you talked about bots just now, you know, that's a big thing in the sneaker industry. And my team actually just launched something this holiday to combat bots. So, um, can't really go in too deep there, but yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a fun space to be in. Okay. So basically providing solutions for businesses and you manage those solutions, you figure out how to implement those solutions and you talk to customers, you talk to business owners, you manage tech people, you come together. Okay. So I, I like that answer because it's one of the hottest jobs. I never even knew it was a job to like the last year or two. And if I had known before, I would have definitely gone into it when I was younger, but it's definitely one of the hottest jobs and I see it just growing. Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime there's, there's businesses move fast, customers have ever evolving needs. Someone has to be there um, to kind of interpret, interpret the business problems, the customer problems and figure out how to build them um, from an IT standpoint. So that's really where the product manager shines is right in that in between those three spaces. So let's take it back to high school. What'd you want to be in high school? Man, you know, 
It's funny. I found one of my high school resumes the other day, or not resumes, my high school uh, reports the other day that talked about, you know, what I was going to be. And it was always a business. It was always a businessman, man. It was always doing some kind of business. So I was in a lot of entrepreneur. I was interested in a lot of entrepreneurship stuff. I was in a little entrepreneur club. Um, you know, never, I didn't, again, I didn't know back then what product management was, but I've always loved, loved computers, loved designs, you know, um, had a scanner, was making images, doing that kind of fun stuff back in high school. So um, it was always something to do with business, though. I, lo- I, love, I love making the money move. Now, you mentioned you started working at 17. How did you get that job? Man, so, I mean, it was tough. It took, it took a lot of work, right? Because, you know, back then they used to hire 16-year-olds. So I actually started working. I started working when I was like 13 in like a little cafe on the corner, washing dishes, getting paid like 50 bucks a day or something like that. Um, and that was a lot. I remember when I got paid and I made like 50, 60 bucks mm-hmm. a day. I was like, Whoa, I was like 14 years old. I had money. I could buy my Jordans. I was happy. That's all it was, man. I had a little pager. I had my Jordans. I had some nice clothes. Yeah, man. I, that's all I needed back then. Um, simple times, simple times, but yeah. Uh, you know, I think at least in high school for me, it was always like the dream. Like, I mean, how do you work in a shoe store? Like get access to the new J's, make sure you always got the right fits. Right. And so, it was just a lot of relationship building, a lot of being in the stores, talking to the managers, you know, being in there on release day, buying the shoes and just having those conversations. And one day they were hiring. And so um, it definitely took some interviews. It took some a lot of failures, even failures back then. I think I got denied like three times, actually. Um, but I kept going, kept showing up. And eventually I think they figured, you know, if they're not going to get rid of me, they better just start paying me to be there. Wow. So what what store was that that you started working at? And that was Finish Line. So um, Oh, Finish Line. Classic. Out in Portland, Oregon. So yeah, shout out to Store 400. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So now, how'd you move up? A lot like being a product manager now, just solving problems that there aren't answers to at that time, right? So always thinking like beyond beyond the customer's problem, beyond the employee's problem, um, being super passionate about uh, sneakers. Um, you know, very early on, I've always played sports and, and whatnot. So I think I had some of the leadership qualities back in the day to to kind of grow as like an assistant manager, then up into the manager and training program. So yeah, I've, I've ran ran stores and like uh, I've ran districts across like ten different states on the West Coast, on the all the Western United States. Wow, that's cool. So now, when did you get your first promotion, and how did it feel? That's a good question. You know, I would say that I'm always been super passionate about growth, and so every promotion just feels like getting that new car, right? In the retail, you get handed like the keys to the store and you get taught like this is man, this is how you open the gate. This is how you count the register. You just feel all this responsibility on your shoulders. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, that was like a year into it. Right at 18. I think I had yet to be 18 back then to be assistant manager. So it was almost on my 18th birthday. I became an assistant manager. Man, that that's cool. So what made you get ahead? So you always had a mindset focused towards growth. What else made you get ahead? Man, you know, I don't know um, if you're a big book guy. I'm, I'm guess I'm guessing you are based on your LinkedIn post, but I don't know yeah. if you've read How to Win Friends and Influence People, man. But you know what? I haven't read it. I know a decent amount about it, but I've recommended it to a lot of people. I should just go to it because it's like I recommend it to so many people. But that's such a good book, and the concept of networking, helping others, and just being a genuine person really gets you far. I mean, it gets you so far, right? So if you, if you literally the the roadmap that any high schooler needs to success is reading how to win friends, get how to win friends and influence people. Right. Um, I would give them that. I would make sure you have to have a work ethic because everybody, 
it doesn't matter how likable you are if you don't get the job done. So you got to be likable and be the best. Um, I've always been super competitive, wanting to learn, um, been super curious, and really just have that drive to, I think, um, back in the day in retail, it was always about making the sales day. So making the day, um, so beating the sales goal. So wherever there's a goal, you know, you want to achieve it, um, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's really about just being able to build relationships and earn trust. Um, and I think those are like the foundations of how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, no, I think that gets you far. So how is it working in retail? Because a lot of people don't realize retail is tough. Like you have customers arguing with you, returns, you have other things you got to sort of manage. How is it working in retail? And how has it changed? Because now it's it's very different, right? Things are a lot more digital. Customers are a little more savvy about certain things, right? They carry their phones with them. So how has retail changed? Well, I would tell you that the experience, the customer experience, and even the, the, the employee, the experience of retail has changed. But I would say the skills that you pick up being a retail leader have, have not. Like it's the same thing that made me successful seven, 18 years ago back on the sales floor, uh, selling shoes made me successful today. And what's, what's crazy to me, man, is... Um, you know, breaking into tech, it took me three years of like interviews and trying to break into product management. And everybody, you're not technical enough. You're not this, you're not that, right? And then I get in and it's like, okay, one, you really don't need to be technical to be a product manager. You really need to, under, you need to understand how APIs work and how the internet works and that kind of stuff. But it's not like you're in there writing code, right? But what's lacking is these leadership skills and these soft skills that many of my like retail managers and retail associates have. And I was actually just talking to someone earlier today and I was like, wow, like I would almost take my entire team of store managers and put them in a product on the product team. And I think we'd have the best product team in the world, literally with, with no technical training, just because of the soft skills that you pick up. The only company that really understands it, I think is, is Amazon. Um, I don't know if you've read, read the leadership principles, but when you think about like customer obsession, buy action, that kind of stuff, bar raiser, you know, that's all I've, I've read through those. And I'm like, wait, this is all stuff that like I've been doing it since I was 18 yeah, <laughs> in a retail yeah, yeah. store, right? Trying to balance, balance, setting up a new table, making the sales goal, hiring, training, managing customers, right? What, making sure things aren't getting stolen, right? There's so many things that you have to manage throughout the day and prioritize um, that I think people really underestimate all the soft skills and skills that retail leaders pick up. No, so many soft skills. And again, when you're dealing with customers, it's different because as much as you want to tell them to go away and as much as they're wrong, you sort of can't really act like that, right? Company policy, you don't want a negative review, right? And now people go on social media and all that. So that thank you for kind of sharing that. Now, you mentioned how you got ahead. What are some mistakes you've made along the way? Man, so, you know, just, just being fully transparent, I think that, you know, I would advise anybody, I am 100%, I love the brand that I work for, but I think as you want to get older and pivot and change careers and do that kind of thing, those kind of things, you know, don't sit too long in, a, in, a, in any one role or any one position, right? Like, I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. One of the pieces of advice I'd give to, give to my retail managers is like, look, it's like, you know, they'll tell you that you might need like five, six years of experience in a store. You know, I tell you that, you know, if you get three good years and being high performing, just being super aggressive in your role, don't get comfortable. Look, get three, get go three years in as a store manager or running your own business, essentially. Um, hire a resume writer and start looking to pivot into tech. Um, 
if I, if, I, if I could go back in time and tell my my older self, my younger self, something, it, it would definitely be hire that resume writer, find a find a career coach, and figure out how to get in tech sooner. You know, that's you know, I love that because I'm a resume writer. And I've done resumes for people in retail and I've got broken them in. And what a lot of people don't understand is these people have so many skills. They just don't know how to put it on a piece of paper. And I'm going to tell you, even very advanced people. If I knew you were a resume writer, I literally probably would have hired you, hired you a few months ago, right? To, to review my resume. Because what happens is, as a retail, you have all these acronyms and these, these inter, this internal lingo that you just get programmed with, which, which makes you successful because you're just a sales driver and you're driving this one KPI that only makes sense at this one company, right? That's kind of how you think. And so when you go to put on a resume or talk about it in an interview, you struggle to interpret or translate what that KPI really means. And, you know, it's really just retention and growth and really the the same things that any product-driven organization wants or any product leader wants, you've already done in retail, but you just don't know how to translate it. And that's where I think resume writers like yourself come in very handy. It's one of those things like once you understand how to write a resume, once you understand how to apply, it just sets you apart. Like it's a different world. Like a lot of times people get jobs through their friends when you're applying online. And especially if you're coming from a retail background, they're not going to give you the same benefit of the doubt when you have, you know, you when you come from a different background. So when you do communicate it well, you kind of get in. And once you get in, you know, that's when you flex your interview skills. That's when you flex your knowledge. So thank you for kind of sharing that advice. What are some mistakes that you see a lot of other people make along the way in retail? I hate to say it like that. I think we're all just kind of programmed the same where it's, 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 you're there driving results from season to season, quarter to quarter, and you really don't take time to reflect on what you've done. The same things that I love about retail and that made me massively successful in the retail store environment, right? The ability to drive KPIs, influence results, promote, train, develop, all that kind of stuff. Um, I really never captured any of that for my, for my, for my story, right? I think that you move so fast as a retail manager or any any level of retail leader. You move so fast that you don't have time to take time to just slow down, figure out what your story is, and practice telling that story in a way that makes sense for when you want to pivot. Because eventually, you're going to want to pivot. And so you should plan for that from day one. And you should have goals. Like, theoretically, let's say I'm a, a 21-year-old store manager. I'm just getting my first door, right? No, great advice, I think. This is something a lot of people struggle with. They don't realize just how much they've actually did, right? They think they just sell sneakers. They don't realize that they they may sell 100 pairs a day. And if each sneaker is average $150, they're selling 15K a day just worth of sneakers. Now you add in hoodies, you add in socks, you add in this. And it's like, you could be responsible for something like, you know, hundreds of thousands of sales in a week, right? And you, you're interacting with hundreds of customers. So now you need to communicate that like, hey, every year I interact with 4,000 plus customers. My store got a hundred plus reviews. You're, there are 20 reviews that shout me out by name. I have this many repeat customers. There's so many things that a lot of people in retail do that they just don't realize they do. The big one I think is, is I always jump back to people probably being a people manager for yeah. so long. But the big one people don't realize is, is being able to train new hires and train and new employees is, is such a huge, huge deal. Cause essentially you're, you're onboarding this employee just like you would onboard a customer to your to your organization, yeah. um, developing them up, right? Giving them the tools that they need to be successful, uh, placing them on on the on growth paths, having tough conversations, giving critical feedback. Like there's so many different interactions that you have, and I think soft skills that are developed as a retail manager that people just need to talk more about. Because I think if we talked more about how amazing retail leaders are, I think we'd catch 
I think hiring managers would start hearing about it. And that's kind of one of my goals on LinkedIn is screaming about how great retail managers is or because, you know, hiring managers need to know like, wow, if your organization is lacking leadership or lacking uh, people that can prioritize and execute successfully in high pressure situations, I mean, talk about a Black Friday. Think about a Black Friday in a retail environment. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, man. There's a, there's just so many skills that I think that people, you hear about retail and it has this bad rap for whatever reason, and they just write them off right away. And I think if they just got to know the managers a little bit more, I think they would find the, all these hidden gems that would make great assets to their teams. No, I mean, I've seen people who are extremely dependable. They're extremely friendly. And they need to get more credit because there are some stores, right? Yes, it may be a McDonald's. It may be a Dunkin' Donuts. But you go because of the cashier. You go because of the manager. You go because whatever, the person has a great attitude. And this goes a long way. This not only does it enhance your brand, is that this person deserves to be recognized. So you got several promotions, right? What is the typical like structure like so you go in you're like on the floor and stuff what's what are the organic promotions that people tend to get well first i'll kind of talk about like you know what i view is i look back in my career and i think about like this this path to success because you know now i think in the social with so with social media everybody just wants to run 100 miles per hour and get that big job right out the gates and people don't understand that's not how it is. I think yeah. you have to understand that, you know, working at, as an associate or working at um, on the floor with the customers, you're going to pick up critical skills that you're going to leverage later on as a store manager. So, um, you know, when I look back on my career, it's really like a three-year process, right? Yeah. Um, I think the first year, um, anytime you're in a new role, the first year, you're really learning the job, learning to execute, building relationships with your peers, going through all these ups and downs and challenges that you weren't ready for because it's a brand new role and your first time experiencing them. Um, and then the year two, you know, you really execute, you really, you know, you got all your learnings, you learned everything. Now you execute and you really, year two is when you become the best, right? And the best in your industry. And then the year three is where you start teaching others and say, okay, look, I'm about, I'm getting ready for this next promotion or next chapter in my career. Let me start teaching others and training people up so that it's a seamless transition when I step away and step up. So, um, you know, my promotions that I've had were, were sales associate to assistant manager, assistant manager, store manager, store manager to a district manager. So I went from running like a $5 million store to running 30, $40 million districts, opening, opening like 20, opening like 18 stores across three states in like, in like six months, which was crazy. When wow. That's, we, that's when we expanded crazy. to Macy's. Yeah. Yeah. We, I've, you know, I've done some crazy and fun things and I've learned a lot, but again, going back to and focusing in on, you know, how all my experiences helped me with this story of why I'm good in tech, right. Is I, I think that you've, you've got to be able to prioritize. You've got to be able to identify, you know, you as a product manager, you're dropped into these massive customer problems without where there's no solution, right? Well, retail is the same way and you're expected to find and partner and dig your way out. In the retail, I think you, you partner with your employees, you partner with your peers. In product, you partner with the stakeholders, you partner with you partner with your engineering team, you partner with the designers, right? And in, um, in retail, you deliver great stores and great teams. In product, you deliver great products. Wow, no, that's, that's amazing. So this, I'm going to ask specifically for the first half of your career, what would you say was your biggest accomplishment in your retail career? Because you've had a 17-year retail career. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Sounds corny, but it's it's not even about the results, man. The results, you know, 
every year in a retail environment, we talk about the reset button got hit on the beginning of the fiscal year. So the last year results got erased. It's not about the rewards that I've gotten, but it's about, it's about the people, man. It's, it seriously is about the people. I just, man, I, I, I run into these people. I run into some, one of my old managers that I haven't talked to in like two or three years. And they just tell me how great they're doing in life. And they, they always circle back and talk about the lessons they learned and this and that. And just, just knowing that you can impact people in any type of leadership environment, the impact that you have on the, on the people that, that you work with. Um, yeah. I think that's the biggest, the biggest accomplishment I'll ever have. Yeah, no, I mean, that's right. It's really developing people because I, I can imagine you manage some people just like you who are 17 to 19 years old and then you see them grow up and they become store manager. And it's like, wow, like, hey, I trained that guy or girl or that kid. Yeah, some, some of the crazy thing is, man, some of my best relationships are with people that uh, have been let go, um, that, I've, that I've actually let go. And it's having, and it's understanding and, you know, it's having these moments. I'll never forget. I was letting this, this, this one guy go and um, it was a challenging conversation and, and whatnot. But at the end of it, man, he hugged me and said, thank you. And he thanked me for the experiences. He thanked me. He knew he was having some challenges. He had some things outside of work and whatnot, but he, at the end of the day, he walked away, he hugged me, he thanked me. And he still, we're still, we still talk like once a month to this day. And we have this amazing relationship. And so, you know, I just think, again, I think that retail gets a bad rap where you think about crappy, man, you think about this idea of crappy managers, long hours and blah, blah, blah. And while some of that might be true, right? At the end of the day, you build some incredible lifelong relationships and genuine relationships with the amazing people that you come across. No, that's good. I mean, people skills, regardless of what you do, people skills, even outside of life, right? If you, in my opinion, you can handle retail, you can handle anything. Right. Cause you just, it, it's a very, it's not easy. Now, in that 17 year period, what was the hardest period of your life in that time? I think, you know, one of the challenges, I think for many, um, you know, having your first kid, you know, yeah. I think that, I think that you have, you bring this, this little, this little one into the world and all of a sudden, you know, you don't get sleep and you have to care for somebody else. You're responsible for this, this human being you're responsible for. Um, but then you're also responsible for delivering high performing results and high industry best results on the other end. And so understanding how to, you know, that's really where I understand, understood and, and understood that the balance and that companies are definitely very understanding and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you have a job to do in the field, in your, in your career, and you have a job to do at home. And it's being able to balance both of those. And so I think that, you know, that was probably one of the most challenging times of my life is, is, you know, when it wasn't just myself that I was taking care of. Okay. No, that's definitely, that's definitely challenging. So you had this illustrious career, you moved up, you helped so many people. When did you start wanting to sort of leave the industry and why did you choose tech and how'd you learn about it? I mean, no, just, just rewinding a, a little bit. Um, let's see here. Like now it's like six years ago. Now I was, I was driving around visiting stores. I, I used to run Southern California and Las Vegas markets. So I was driving around at like the SoCal area and I had this thing come on the radio at the time. It was like, LA Tech Week is here. It's a massive conference with all these tech leaders and and there's going to be all these people to meet and greet, right? So I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, um, wow, that'd be cool. Let me go see what this is about, right? In my retail career, I've always built like tools, right? So like, yeah. um, surprisingly, a lot of people aren't very good at like Microsoft Excel and formulas and things like that. And I've always been great at them, right? So I've always built built dashboards and whatnot. And I was like, okay, 
wow, you know, I build dashboards for my team and for my comp- for my for my district and region right now. I wonder who actually like what that job is where you like solve problems and like interpret data and blah blah blah. Um, and so I, that led me to Tech Week, and I go to Tech Week. I talk to the uh, the founder of, of of an awesome startup up there, uh, Bambi. His name's Alan Jones. And I'm like, Alan, man, you know, I'm a retail leader. And I told him this, my whole resume and all these achievements and blah, blah, blah. And he, I'm like, how do I get in tech? He's like, man, you got to just go be a product manager, right? And that's the first time I'd ever heard of it, right? At that time, I was like, man, who are these people? And where, how do I get, how do I join them, right? So yeah, that kind of led me down the rabbit hole for three years of just researching what product management was, trying to fight and grab and look for every resource I could find. What's crazy right now is I, I'm surrounded by an incredible product management community on LinkedIn and Twitter. I couldn't find a product manager to save my life back in the day. And what year was this? Uh, That's probably 2016. Yeah. I mean, product manager didn't start heating up to like 2020, 2019. So I could imagine. I've never heard that title before. Yeah, exactly. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm trying to research. I found, the, I found this course about product management. I took that. But it's really just me just grabbing from all these different angles, right? Having no real guidance and no real resources like I have today. Um, and yeah, just, you know, applied for a lot of internal roles, kept getting passed up, kept, you know, being told that I wasn't technical enough or this or that, or they wanted someone with more experience. And then finally, you know, fast forward to um, to a few years ago, uh, there's, there's an opening for the uh, loyalty product management and marketing technologies um, that I applied for in, a, uh, you know, my boss at the time gave me gave me a shot. She brought me on. She she taught me everything I know about loyalty, personalization, and marketing technologies. And um, yeah, I've been there ever since. Wow, that's cool. So you got these rejections and you got a lot of them. Now, looking back, how would you have gotten less of those rejections and how would you have moved quicker? Because you're obviously learning a lot of the things, right? But you're getting these, you're not technical enough. How would you have gotten around those issues? Yeah, you know, at the time I, I I joined a nonprofit back then, and I and I you know used that as an opportunity to um, kind of become a product manager and build them a, an inventory system and and all, work with the founders and kind of ro- run a, be a live in a product role at the time for the nonprofit and balance that with my daytime job. Um, yeah. You know, I would still do that. You know, when I think about when I think about you know how could I have instead of taking three years to get into tech, how could I have done that in a year? One, I would have hired a resume coach. A resume writer, right? And I'll just say, hey, and I think there's enough, there's enough resume writers out there right now that can that can specialize in tech and product management. I would have found one that 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 knows product, that knows tech, yeah. um, and can translate my experiences. Then I would have also hired an interview coach or a career coach. Um, there's some amazing product management coaches on LinkedIn. Excuse me. I would have hired somebody to help kind of mold me into this, the product myself that I wanted to describe to this organization and and sell. Because at the time, I just didn't know how to sell myself. And now I think, you know, you got to balance. Do you want to pay a few thousand dollars to accept, to cut off a couple years of, of having to try to sell yourself? Do you want to just get the kind of the hack and the shortcut? And I would have definitely taken the shortcut. It's very important advice because I see a lot of people, they're like, oh, why would I pay a resume? I could do it myself. Why would I pay this? And do it myself. And look, there's some things you shouldn't pay for, right? Some things you do go pick up a book, you know, learn a couple things. Now, you have to really think about your time, right? And you have to really think about like, if I could get this and I could pay whatever, maybe sometimes they're cheap, you know, a couple hundred bucks, sometimes it's a couple thousand. But at the end of the day, if you're serious about the career, every month that you're in this career, you're going to make more money. It's going to, you're going to learn more. So now instead of having X number of years, you would have two additional years. But again, you have to figure it out. You didn't know you're, you're still figuring it out. 
But I tell a lot of young people, there's so many online communities. There's so many great resources. Check their reviews. Save your time because I've seen people, you know, once you get a good job and the right job, your career growth goes so far as opposed to staying at a job that's not the best for you or not the best for what you want to do. So, yeah, I guess I would add one more thing in there. I would have joined. I would have joined like Mentor Mesh a a lot earlier, right? Like you've got to, you've got to understand that, you know, my biggest challenge was that I didn't know anybody that was a product manager and definitely nobody looked like me or had a career like me or a pivot point like me. Um, And now like I've talked to professional basketball players that are product managers. I've talked to opera singers that are now product managers. So now like there's so many people that come from so many different paths. I would embed myself in the community, right? I would go, I would join, I'd be super active. I'd be answering, asking questions, setting up times to chat with people, um, working with leaders on, on LinkedIn and Twitter, you know, to, just to better understand what product management is and making sure that I want to be in that space because there's so many different spaces in tech. Yeah. I mean, even in product management, there's so many, right? There's some people who are more technical, some people who are not, some people who work on XYZ. The other thing that I love that you said is, you created your own experience that you work with the nonprofit, you're on the board of a nonprofit, and you use that to gain product managed experience. A lot of people don't realize, especially now more than ever in certain areas, you can create your own experience. Like I've seen people, especially people who are younger product managers, what they do is they create a small business, they do something, they make some money, and they own a product, right? They own this little store and they leverage that and they get some great product management roles. So just realize that, especially when it comes to product management, you can actually create your own role. You can take ownership and do things. No, I mean, easy. Yeah. And I also set up a web design business, right? And a web, a web design agency or whatever that I make, you know, I, I can make five figures a month doing this, um, you know, if, if, if I put the effort into it. But it's, it's funny what you stumble across. And I just think what, from what I've heard, you know, being present on Clubhouse and, and being active yeah. on Twitter and social media, I, I hate to just say it like this, but a lot of people don't want to put the work in. And you're not, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be like, literally the amount of self-belief that you have to have to make it in, to get, to break into tech is, is incredible, right? Like you have to go like rejection to rejection to rejection, yeah. having your friends, your family, everybody around you tell you they that, you know, your job's not that bad that you're doing right now. You're really good at your job. Like, why not just do that job? Right? Like you're going to get all this kind of feedback around you and you have to have so much just self-belief and grit to go from rejection to rejection and continue to find solutions and way to ways to break in. But I, I promise if anybody wants it bad enough, they can get it. But that's just yeah. life is a game, man. Yeah. I, and I think it's so true that I think now more than ever, there are so many more, so many resources, like literally like they're follow product managers on Twitter, follow them on LinkedIn, follow, join these communities, embed yourself, network. And just by being there, even if you're lazy, You'll learn things just by osmosis, just by putting yourself in there. Now, if you put in the work, like I've learned so much, random clubhouse rooms, random Twitter spaces, you just learn so much. And the fact is, a lot of people are not doing that. You do that, you'll be ahead of the curve. You'll learn some interview advice. You'll learn something. Like I actually worked, I actually, we had a Twitter space. There was a product manager. She messaged me. I gave her some interview tips and she, she was like, wow, thank you for this interview guide. And again, it's just casual because she was in the space. You know, people want to see other people succeed. And the other thing that I tell people, people help those who help themselves. So once they see like, hey, Brennan, Janiyah is the one. He's always there, always helping out, always looking to help. You're going to attract other people. You're going to create this small community and then it's going to be so much easier. So I want to kind of go back. So this was a hard transition 
and you mentioned that you had to have a lot of grit. Was there ever a time that you wanted to quit that, you know, that those voices were getting to you? And if there was, how'd you get past that? You know, I think you've got to pull yourself out of it. I mean, you know, I haven't told anyone this before, but I'll never get to get in the rejection call from, you know, I had some recruiters that, that I think, some, I had some experience that I think could have been better, right? And I'm sure there's things that I could have done differently also and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a recruiter just called me, hey, we're not going to go with you. Um, we're going with someone else and just hung up. And this was like a job that like I had been like six interviews in and like, and I'm, and I'm at my, I'm, I, was, I was doing, I was actually building a, a product for my organization um, with my boss at the time. And then I broke down and I, I started crying. I was like, man, I'm so pissed off right now because no one will tell me what I'm doing wrong. No one will tell me what I need to do different. All they tell me is no. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, like you can cry about it and, and, or you can do something about it. And so it was just like in retail, man, when you're having a shitty yeah. day, you go in the bathroom, scream at the mirror, cry in the bathroom, whatever you want to do, throw some water in your face, get back there and get back in the game. And so I think that's the same thing with life, the same thing with product management. The faster you can get yourself back in the game, the faster you're going to get the win. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for sharing that because, look, that's what it does feel like. Like, you feel like you got it. You had great chemistry. And then you just like, no. And you don't know what you could have done better. Sometimes it's like they hired their friend or you just don't know. Sometimes you did everything right. And I see- can't take it personally. You can't take yeah, it yeah. personally. But when you when you're in there, and it's, it's really easy for me to look back and say, "Man, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally." But man, you're in there. You're preparing. You're going. You're going for this interview series I'm on right now, man. Um, and I cut my family vacation short, brought my family back so I can get in the office and practice interviewing. Like, yeah. and like, so like, I'm invested. And so you get invested in these interview processes, and, and you do take it personally. Um, so I do think that recruiters need to do a better job, especially for internal candidates. I get that yeah. you can't give all the feedback and blah, 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 yeah. but you got to tell, you got to give people some kind of, give them some kind of carrot or something to kind of go yeah. after. And so they know what they need to improve on. No, hundred percent. And I think it's, 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 it's a challenge. And what I tell people is like, you got to go through it. And the fact is you only need one job. That's, but so, bro, people don't understand that. I tell people every single day. I've been in, I, once you get your first, all you got to do is get your first product job. Like if you just, yeah. just take a pay cut and get that first product job, even if it's not what you want, just get the first job. I kid you not, man. I get probably two, two offers a week <laughs> where people yeah. trying to recruit me now that I've been in. But I mean, that we're trying to get in, no one won't even give me the time of day. But once you get in and get a few years in, I mean, a couple years in, you're, you're set. Yeah, it's a different thing. And then here's the other thing. You can only do one job at once anyway. You can't handle three, four product jobs. So just realize that you only need that one opportunity. And when you do get it, it'll be sweet. And then from there, you'll be in a sort of much better position. So now when you got the product job, so you got it eventually. And how was it when you got it? Like how did it happen? They talked about the goals that they wanted for the loyalty program and, you know, said they were very impressed with my interviews and and all that. And, you know, said, when can you start? How, how soon can you start? And and then you start and you're in this whole new world and you get a lot of imposter syndrome. And you're like, damn, man, I, and I'm not talking. It's no longer about the energy on a sales floor and the speed and like the, the clapping and the, you know, being around people. Now I'm talking to people through a screen. I haven't met my team because it's COVID. Um, I'm talking to engineers about coding and I'm writing tickets and I'm and I'm reporting to the business and solving these big problems. So, you know, you get in and it's, it can be very overwhelming. But that's where I really leaned on the community, man. And just... Really leaned on senior PMs that I had networked with and be like, man, what do I do my first week? What do I do my second week, my first 30 days? And just working like that. 
you got past the you know first year. Now, how was that first year? You learn a lot, but you know, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be based on the interview process to get into the role, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay. Like I'm going into this role and I'm gonna have to start coding and learning learning Java and all this other stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you just trust yourself. You trust if it, trust your business instinct, trust your ability to build relationships, be transparent, be not be honest, and just um, you're gonna be successful. Um, but you know, I've I've seen people go into roles, and this is any role, whether you're a, a store manager, or a product manager. You know, you go into the role and you start trying to act like you know everything in your your first six months. You know, people are gonna just let you. Okay, go ahead, do it. You know, right? <laughs> but but what if you go and say, man, hey, can you? This is my first time doing this. Can you walk me through? What do you? What would you do? Right? Yeah. And just lean on those around you because again, once you get in, you once you get in, it's like a switch. I swear, LinkedIn has a little switch they flip. That when yeah. you get when you put product manager as your job title, I think they give you a whole other section of LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> because you go in and then all of a sudden you're surrounded with all these product leaders that have been there before and can give you advice to help pull you through it. You know, you it was a tough year, and you know it's always tough. You know, because it was during COVID, it's a different time, right? The job kind of changes. Now, what was easy for you, right? So, new things were hard. What was easy for you? Man, I, you know. Amazon calls it a bias fraction. And I think that yeah. retailers, you have a bias fraction because you can't just stand there. Hey, what do you think we should do here? What do you think we should do here? Right? <laughs> no, you have to make decisions like, hey, like this is what we're going to do. And this is the direction we're going. And so, um, you know, taking some of that retail mindset into the product world, I actually think helped the entire team around me also. Um, but, you know, just having that ability, leading large teams, having the ability to influence and really have a deep understanding of the business and the customer, that was all easy to me. Talking to customers, not saying, man, we don't need this big old interview process and user research. Like, let's just go to a store down the street and talk to some customers. Like, like, (laughs) so you can move a lot faster when you understand the customer. No, I think that that's so important. I, and you're right. Like sometimes I see people come up with products and it's like, did they even talk to anybody? Like, like, did they do who they interview? Who, who did the user research? Like just walk in the store, talk to someone. And it, it goes a long way because your customer at the end of the day is who you're trying to sell to. They have a lot of the answers, right? And they, they already have a lot of the answers. So you don't have a college degree. So was there ever a time? that the lack of a college degree held you back in terms of these product roles? Like, did they mention it during the interviews? I, I don't think they ever tell you it, right? But I, I do think there is a a slight bias against yeah. people without college degrees. Um, you know, while I was talking to somebody, some recruiter at some point I was talking to, well, how, this person has a college degree. How would this person ever learn how to be a recruiter? I was like, what? Like, all they're doing is talking to people and building relationships. That's all you do in the store is talk to people and build relationships. They've already hired entire, they probably hired 400 people already up to this moment. And you think a college degree is going to prepare them better to hire people, right? So um, there's definitely a bias. You know, I think, you know, coming from when people have a background of just knowing that the one path in the corporate is to get a college degree, I think that, you know, there's some invisible walls and barriers that get put up that kind of protect the degree. Um, Yeah, yeah. But again, anybody listening to this, all I would tell you is that if you want it hard enough, you can, you can get it and you only got to get, just like you just said, you only, you just got to get your first job. Once you get your first job in any field, whether it's product management, tech, whatever corporate role you want, once you get your foot in, 
you're going to have that drive, that hunger, and that grit that's going to outperform everybody around you. And you're going to be able to get any job you want. No, I think that's a good attitude. So now I'm going to ask some questions again, but now I'm going to ask it from the product perspective. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment in your product career? Yeah. Um, man, that's a, that's a really good question. I think we've shipped some amazing products. Um, I know we talked about bots in the beginning of this, you know, bots are a massive industry, industry problem. And, uh, and we actually launched this holiday, the, the team that I work with, we, we, we utilize leveraged our resources to launch a program called exclusive access, um, powered by bot free that actually eliminates, um, the bot path to getting access yeah. to real estate products. So that was, that's really the one thing that if you asked, if you asked me, just like you asked me what I'm most proud of or my biggest success, it'd be that. Cause coming from a store environment and getting a list of reservation winners and saying, damn, 15 of these people are fake names and not, and yeah. they're bots that won these pairs. And so seeing the customer frustration, talking to my, my best customers out there and knowing them from my store days and saying, Brandon, why can't I ever get access? Why don't I ever win? How do I beat the bots? I only got one account and these accounts, yeah. they got a hundred accounts, right? How do I beat the bots? And just seeing the disappointment there and yeah. from both the customers and the employees and being able to solve that problem um, has been a huge accomplishment. No, I mean, thank you because I know these, these bots are just, it's, crazy because it's always you create the anti-bot and then they find a new bot and then it's just a cat and mouse game so no i mean it, it's cool i mean it's you're actually doing something that you know kind of solving problems so now what would you say was the hardest period of time that you went through in your product career man i think it's um so in retail in the stores and for anyone in the stores is listening to this they'll understand you're super competitive so whether i'm in a store in california or a store in new york Man, me and you, we're at our throats. We're competing nonstop. Like, I'm going to get that sales gain. I'm going to win that big trip and that big award. But at the end of the day, I know that you're over there fighting the same battle that I'm fighting and fighting, working as hard as me. And we're all, got, we're all going towards the same direction. In a corporate environment, it's not as aligned as that, right? So we've got a retail team of 700 stores and everybody, all 700 stores have the same goal. In a corporate environment, your your department after department, many departments, every department has its own little goal or initiative. Yeah. And so, my biggest challenge was being able to sell the department initiative cross functionally, because before it'd be like, you know, we're all going to get this KPI because we want this K because this KPI is going to do this, yeah. right? But now it's like, hey, this is the KPI that we think is most important. Here's how it's going to benefit you, right? And you've got to be able to spin things and build relationships and really trust the relationships versus everyone having the same goals. So yeah, I, I would imagine. say it's, it's cross-functional alignment. Cross-functional alignment. Okay. No, I mean, that that's just good to know because a lot of times people have, you know, they come from different environments and it's, it's, it's tough to kind of transition. Now, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Like you're, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Dream big and don't stop. Like, I think that it's through the power of social networks and, and networking, man, you meet some amazing people that have amazing jobs and get paid really, really well. And yeah. so what I thought was big at 18 is yeah. now like pebbles, right? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, just just always push the envelope um, and just don't stop fighting because I think that that's really going to get you regardless of whether or not you have a degree or whether you have a degree or not, you just, you just have to, at the end of the day, success is going to go to the person that can hold on the longest. So, um, you know, 
I think that you just have to, when everybody else tells you that that's not the right thing, or, you know, that's, you can't get in tech, Brendan, because you don't have that, or you didn't do this, not just, just hold on and trust in yourself. So if you met someone, right, they're 18 years old and you knew they were going to go into retail and then they want to shift into product. What advice would you give them on the first half of the advice, cater it towards their retail career and how to make the most of it? so that they can have a smooth transition? And what would you advise them on the second half? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've always been hungry and I've always been about working and, and, and just being competitive, being the best. And so it's going to be, look, get in there and just kick ass. Like, don't get distracted. Um, you're definitely going to make a lot of friends in the retail environment. Make it fun, have fun, right? Yeah. But like, understand that, you know, you want to, be on the sales floor, run your store, understand the customer, build relationships, and then start positioning yourself for a product role. You know, I I, I would say spend three years in the retail environment and you're going to get a better understanding of the customer than anyone that works in corporate. Um, and then take that understanding, translate it through your storytelling and get that job in corporate that you want. Nice, nice. Are there any specific books you recommend for product? Um. Man, you know, untraditional, but I would, uh, I, I do think it's how to win friends and influence people. So much of, of product management is just about relationships and trust. Um, people, you know, definitely product management is technical and you do have to have some technical skills, but you know, you can learn that anywhere. Learn the soft skills, learn how to get people, at the end of the day, learn how to align people and get everyone to do what needs to be done. And that's what I think yeah. you learn through how to win friends and influence people. And then the other book would be um, Extreme Ownership Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. I think that, I, I yeah, think that's a good book. It's a great, it's a great book because, you know, people don't want to work around people that pass the buck and you're not going to get far if you pass the buck. You got to understand that, you know, everything right now is on you and it's your fault and nobody else cares, right? And if you go into that with that, if you go into that with that mindset, right, you're going to find out that people do care and yeah. other people are going to share ownership, but um, you're going to, you're going to move a lot faster you're going to find more solutions and you're going to deliver better products when you understand that your name is on it. So what are your future goals, right? You got into product, you've been in there for, you know, a little time. What are your future goals? Like what's the next step? And, you know, I think I want to, um, product management is definitely an amazing career path. Um, you know, I just want to continue to learn how to ship, ship products and ship the find solutions for customers at, um, in different niches. I think that, uh, athletic, athletic sportswear is, is a great one, but I would also love to go to a fan company and learn how, how product works at, at that scale. I would also love to eventually become a founder one day and take all my, all my product knowledge, because, you know, once you learn how to sell and you learn how yeah. to build, you're unstoppable. Don't, what regardless of what salary they're going to pay you, it's a small percentage of how what your contribution is. So I think to get the largest contribution, the largest percent is going to go to the founders. So go be a founder. Yeah. Is there anything that you really want to share that you haven't shared already? I mean, it's like a Steve Jobs quote. quote. It might be corny, but it's you can't connect the dots looking forward, right? You can only connect them looking backwards, something along yeah. those lines. And you're going to try to go through life making sense of it, but don't just keep moving forward. Trust your gut. Um, and you're going to look back when I look back at every single experience I have, whether it was my 17 year old self on the, on the sales floor, selling, selling shoes or my, or my 20 year old self. Um, when I had a, 
um, took six months away and, and became a barber for six months. And I learned to cut hair. And when I look back at my experience as a barber and, and then my experience in the nonprofit, you know, at the time, if I told you, man, this guy, he was a sales associate. He was selling Jordans. He was the best. He sold the most laces on Saturdays. And he also did like amazing haircuts. And he also like helps a nonprofit. Um, he's a great product leader, right? I, that doesn't really connect the dots. But when you, if, you, if I told you to take those steps, you're like, why would I do all that? That's so random. Um, but when you look back at every experience that you have and you think about the common threads and everything you've learned through it, I think that you can connect it and understand what your story looks like. No, I think that's beautiful advice. But now I got to ask you, let's talk about the barber. So when did you become a barber? How'd that happen? Tell me about that. Yeah, man. You know, so uh, it, let's see what it was. I think I was 19. You know, I graduated, I was 18, graduated high school, did the, did a, did a year, year and some change of college. Wasn't feeling college. I mean, you know, I just, I could not, I, I just, it wasn't for me. Um, but I needed to do something. And it was like, you know, I had, again, that, that perception of retail and I don't want to just be a, a store manager, right? I don't want to just be that. Right. And so I went to barber school, got my barber license, but met my wife, um, my, my wife now, she, she was, a uh, getting her hair license there at the time. So, um, worked at a couple of barber shops, did that thing. Um, ended up going back to retail, um, going back to finish line. Um, and I'm super grateful for my barber experience because I think you learn, like, if you want to talk about who would be a great product manager, like think about barbers, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the customer empathy, right? The ability to listen, right? The ability to just solve problems and trust yourself and, and influence the solution. Like you're really like people come with you with this picture and say they want to look like I want to go in there and I want to have an afro. And you're like, oh, how am I going to do that? Right. And so you've got to, you've got to influence, you got to listen to customers, solve their problems and you, you're solving their problems on the fly. So, um, yeah, I did the barber thing, man. But the, at the end of the day, uh, I was 19, 20 at the time. And I don't think I had the, the marketing savviness or the maturity to build my own market, to build my own customer base. I mean, I was killing it on Fridays and Saturdays, but yeah. at the end of the day, you can't stretch that out to a seven day week or a five day work week. Nah, definitely. Do you still cut hair? Uh, you know, a little bit just to stay active. So I, I do yeah. a little bit, you know, I, I, I like to experiment as I see new industry trends. I know I showed you the picture of the man unit. You know, I, I give everything a try. I just like to dabble in it. No, I mean, it's good. You know, it's funny. My pandemic, right? Obviously, shops are closed and all that. My friend's brother actually started cutting hair. So now he's like my barber. Uh, so it, it's just cool. Uh, you know, definitely cool relationship with the yeah, people just gotta know. I mean, life is life is so much of a game, man. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to jump off what what society perceives to be your path. Just man, sidestep that and go do what you love and go experiment crazy. Do all these crazy experiments, everything will come together eventually. No, that's that's what you gotta do in life. That's how you learn, and then you figure out what's right for you, what's not right for you. So how would someone support you and follow you? Man, you know, um, go to LinkedIn, hop on LinkedIn, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, just my name, Brennan Decker. Um, yeah. All my links are on there and hopefully I have something of value. And if, if you connect with me on this podcast, I'm sure that I, I share something or have some resources on my on my profile to help you out along your journey. But yeah, just connect. I would, I'd love to help other retail managers and other retail leaders break into tech. So that's really my passion. Thank you so much for your time, Brennan. It was such a cool, fun episode. I love talking to people with different journeys and I hope more people listen to this episode and go from retail to product. I think, you know, it's, it's a cool transition and I want to see more people just from different backgrounds. 
getting into corporate companies. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. Yeah. Talk to so, me. you got no degree? No problem. No problem. Any problem, we can solve we them. We got this. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. Growing in the knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going, yeah